Good evening. And as the witching hour approaches, it's time for Edgar Allan Poe's Gothic Tales. Happy Halloween, kids. Welcome back, and thanks for listening as we continue now with part two of our Pit and the Pendulum from the Marvel Classic Comics series. And we turn our attention to our last two tales in this volume, The Telltale Heart and the Cask of Amontillado. First, The Telltale Heart. The Telltale Heart is a first-person narrative. This narrator insists that they're sane, and he apparently suffers from a disease, a nervousness, which causes a overwhelming stimulation of the senses. There's an old man with whom this narrator lives, and there's a clouded, pale blue eye which distresses our narrator, so much so that he plots to murder the old man. Despite, however, also insisting that he loves the old man and has never felt wronged by him. Our narrator insists that his careful precision in committing the murder proves that they cannot possibly be insane. However, for seven nights... Our narrator opens the door of the old man's room to shine a silver light onto this evil eye. The old man's eye is always closed, making it impossible to do the work, thus making the narrator go further into distress. On the eighth night, this old man awakens after the narrator's hand slips and makes a noise interrupting the narrator's nightly ritual here. Our narrator does not draw back, and after some time decides to open the lantern. A single thin ray of light shines out and lands precisely on this evil eye, revealing that it's wide open. Our narrator hears the old man's heart beating, which only gets louder and louder, and this increases the narrator's sense of anxiety to the point that they decide to strike and kill the old man. They jump into the room, and the old man shrieks once and before he's killed. The narrator then proceeds to dismantle, dismember the body, and conceals the pieces under floorboards, ensuring the concealment and false signs of the crime. Even so, the old man's scream during the night causes a neighbor to report to the police a strange occurrence that someone appeared to be in distress. And the narrator, once the police come knocking on the door, invites them to look around. The police proceed in. However, our narrator is confident that they won't find any evidence of the murder. The narrator brings chairs for them, sits them in the old man's room. The chairs are placed on the very spot where the parts of the body are concealed. The police actually suspect nothing. And the narrator has a pleasant and very calm and easy manner about himself. 
Our narrator begins to feel uncomfortable, however, and notices a ringing in his ears. And the ringing grows louder and louder, and the narrator concludes that it's the heartbeat of the old man coming from under the floorboards. The sound increases and steadily drives the narrator to the point that the officers in the room don't seem to hear it. But the beating of this heart makes our narrator pull up the floorboards and admit his guilt. And the officers are not aware of any of this until our narrator does that. He breaks down and ultimately confesses. And the narrator tells them to continue to tear up the floorboards to reveal the remains of the old man's body. This is a truly horrific tale, and one that is exquisitely drawn here within these comic book pages. That is done by Young Montano, and is just very, very uh, well, well, well done. I really can't say enough about the levels of anxiety that you are taking on as a reader. The fact that you are getting into the mind of the killer and the just crazy nature with which this entire murder is executed on. And when delving in, the real standouts of these panels, the writing of the word in large bubble letters of thump, and that being the thumping of the heart of the old man, and then the illustrations that are inside of those bubble letters really make an effective visual storytelling experience in how dominant this sound, this thumping of the heart is driving our narrator insane. And I really hadn't seen anything quite like this before as far as drawing you in as a reader and looking at an illustration and then truly understanding how dominant the sound must be in the narrator's head. There is some really creative panel work done here, some unconventional panel work at that. Uses of the horizontal and the vertical for setting up various pieces of tension, particularly as we're talking about the old man and how he is adversely affecting our narrator and really becomes an obsession here. The thump, thump, thump all the way through it is ever present and really lays into what we are supposed to feel obsessed about and just can't take it any longer. So as a reader, you understand this obsession that the narrator has with this sound and why he would finally be driven to confess just to get this thumping out of his head. Also, Young Montano does a great job of single-page work with the heart 
And the splash pages in here are really captivating. One with an outline or last page of the heart. And then inside the heart are chambers. And in each chamber is an illustration of the man, our narrator pulling up the floorboards, going into the floorboards and pulling out the heart and showing the heart to the police, the thumping heart. And that's how we finish the story with that thump. Just absolutely exquisite. So now let's turn our attention to the cask of Amon Tolado. And this was also adapted, just like our previous work, by Don McGregor, utilizing the original Edgar Allan Poe tales. And But here we have Michael Golden providing our illustrations. And in the cask of Amon Tilato tells of an unspecified person here who is with Montressor and he tells of a tale in which he takes revenge on Fortunato which means an Italian fortunate one who happens to be a fellow nobleman He's angry over numerous injuries and some unspecified insult, and Montressor plots to murder his friend during Carnival, while the man is drunk, dizzy, and wearing a jester's outfit. Montressor lures Fortunato into a private wine-tasting excursion or experience, telling them that he has obtained a pipe, which equates to about 130 gallons of wine of what he believes to be a rare vintage of Amon Tolado. He proposes obtaining confirmation of the pipe's contents here by inviting him and a fellow wine aficionado, Lucchese, for a private tasting. Montressor knows Fortunato will not be able to resist demonstrating his discerning palate for wine and will insist that he taste the Amon Tolado rather than Lucchese, who, as he claims, cannot tell Amontillado from Sherry. Fortunato goes with Montressor to the wine cellars of the Palazzo, where they wander the catacombs. Montressor offers wine, first Medoc and then De Grave to Fortunato, in order to keep him from being inebriated. However, Montressor warns Fortunato, who has a bad cough, of the dampness and suggests that they go back. But Fortunato insists on continuing, claiming that he shall not die of a cough. During their walk, Montressor mentions his family coat of arms, a golden foot in a blue background crushing a snake whose fangs are embedded in the foot's heel, with the motto, Nemo me impune lacessit. No one provokes me with impunity. At one point, Fortunato makes an elaborate, grotesque gesture with an unpraised wine bottle here, and Montressor appears not to recognize the gesture, and Fortunato asks, you are not of the Masons. Montressor says he is, and when Fortunato, disbelieving, quests a sign, Montressor displays a trowel he had been hiding. When they come to a niche, Montressor tells his victim that Amontillado is within. Fortunato enters drunk 
and unsuspecting, and therefore does not resist as Montrester quickly chains him to the wall. Montrester then declares that since Fortunato won't go back, Montrester must positively leave him there. Montrester reveals brick and mortar previously hidden among the bones nearby and proceeds to wall up the niche, using his trowel and tombing his friend alive. At first, Fortunato, who sobers a bit up, and then Montrester anticipates, shakes the chains, and he's trying to escape. Fortunato then screams for help, but Montrester mocks his cry, knowing that no one can hear him. Fortunato then laughs weakly and tries to pretend that he is the subject of a choke and that people will be waiting for him, including Lady Fortunato. As Montressor finishes the topmost row of stones, Fortunato wails, For the love of God, Montressor. To which Montressor replies, Yes, for the love of God. He listens for a reply, but there's only the gestures bells ringing. Before placing the last stone, he drops a burning torch through the gap. He claims that he feels sick at heart, but dismisses his reaction as an effect of the dampness here of the catacombs. In the last bit of this, Montressor reveals that 50 years later, Fortunato's body still hangs from its chains in the niche where he left it. And the murderer concludes, In passe requiescat, may he rest in peace. Another chilling tale from Edgar Allan Poe. This one is finely illustrated. It has a lot more explanation in in the prose, a lot of word boxes in here that provide some insights as to what's going in in the story. The level of detail is not of the same of the first two the Telltale Heart and the Pit and the Pendulum, but it is very fine and done in a medieval, almost fantasy-esque type of theme. I would say that the illustrations here on this one and the cask are very reminiscent of what I experienced when we were reading the illustrated Fafford and Gray Mauser tales that DC had come out with very much in in that vein so so quite good uh, very much looking however of the times of the 70s and the uses of blues and blacks and then purples to really portray the catacombs well and some greens in there too were great so you've got this ominous feeling of the catacombs and this impending doom the actual bricking up of uh, Fortunato here and essentially burying him alive in the wall is very well portrayed where you just have this little eye looking through this brick and as his flame of life is about to be extinguished there. And so all of the classic elements here of this Poe tale are captured wonderfully uh, illustratively. But where we had strength in the prose translation the adaptation that was done and a minimizing of word boxes there and exposition we have a little more exposition going on here in this tale which i won't say detracts from the illustrations but it certainly competes with it and i i didn't get as great of a level of satisfaction 
with this tale as I did with the previous two. But all in all, this Marvel Classics series of The Pit and the Pendulum, which collects The Pit and the Pendulum, The Telltale Heart, and The Cask of Amontillado are fantastic reads for this holiday season. Happy Halloween! Wishing you a very good night.